For patients with ST elevation myocardial infarction, drug-eluting stents are no longer a suitable option. That's according to the latest conclusions from the GRACE registry that showed a higher late mortality for STEMI patients who received drug-eluting stents than among those who had bare metal stents. This was an observational study that has so far followed patients from 100 hospitals across 14 countries for two years. I caught up with Gabriel Steg after his presentation at the ESC Congress in Vienna to get the details. Well, the results are that mortality is slightly lower in the hospital phase for patients receiving drug-eluting stents, reflecting the fact that they are a slightly lower risk of dying because they have less heart failure when they're admitted and less of the patients undergo primary PCI. Within the six months following hospital discharge, mortality in drug-eluting stents and bare metal stents patients is identical. From six months to two years, there's a, an important difference in mortality with survival, survival being better in patients receiving bare metal stents than drug-eluting stents, and that difference is highly statistically significant and persists after adjustment for grace risk score and adjustment for the propensity to receive a drug-eluting stent compared to bare metal stent. Now, this analysis is, of course, worrying because we're discussing all-cause mortality, but we have to remember that this is an observational analysis and the allocation of DDS or BMS was not randomized. Therefore, there is an important potential for bias or confounding. So I think this is very important to keep in mind. That being said, I think that given that there is a concern with a late increase in mortality and given that we don't have good long-term follow-up from the randomized clinical trial data yet, and given that the randomized clinical trial data is relatively small, I would urge caution before embracing widespread use of DES in STEMI patients nowadays. Yes, there are limitations here because this is an observational look, but what do you attribute this late mortality in the DES group to? Well, it's of course tempting to speculate whether it's related to late stent thrombosis and we absolutely have no data to support it because we don't collect angiographic data and we don't even have more detailed data to do a proper adjudication. We're simply looking at mortality, which after all is what counts for the patients. But I think indeed uh, the, we did see more reinfarctions in patients with receiving drug-eluting stents, suggesting there might be a link to late stent thrombosis. And hypothetically, there are reasons why there would be more uh, late stent thrombosis in STEMI patients receiving DES. It's been shown that a large thrombus burden is associated with a higher mortality following DES in STEMI by Dr. Cianos earlier this year in Jack. Uh, we've known for a long time that re-endothelization of drug-eluting stents is far worse than for bare metal stent, and bare metal stents are essentially covered after six months, whereas as late as 40 months after placement, Dr. Virmani has shown that less than 50% of the stent surface is covered. And we know that uh, there is vasoconstriction and thrombus that may result in undersizing with drug-eluting stents in STEMI, uh, which may not happen as frequently with bare metal stent. In fact, uh, studies by Dr. Hong and colleagues have looked at the frequency of late acquired malaposition with drug-eluting stents compared to bare metal stents, have reported that they are three times as frequent. And that's a good mechanism, hypothetically, to cause late stent thrombosis. So I think there are a host of hypotheses to explain why there might be uh, an increased mortality with DES compared to BMS in the specific setting of STEMI. You said earlier that there's no circumstance where you would use DES in a STEMI patient. So which patients should be receiving drug eluting? Yes, let me clarify this. I think that for the time being, we should be extremely cautious before using DES in STEMI patients. And personally, I see no major reason to use one because I think restenosis is, is not a major concern in STEMI. That being said, I do believe there are important indications for DES in PCI outside of the STEMI population. 
And I don't think we should abandon DES altogether. I think there are patients for whom they are extremely useful. And I'm thinking about patients who have long lesions in small vessels, who have a high risk of restenosis related, for instance, to diabetes, as long as they are compliant to therapy and they have a low risk of bleeding. I think these candidates, these patients are extremely good candidates for DES and we should have DES available to treat them. This is a two-year observational look that you've made here. What's the clinical bottom line coming out of this? The clinical bottom line is don't use DES in STEMI until we have long-term safety data from randomized clinical trial data. That was Gabriel Steg from the Hôpital Bichard in Paris. Peter Goodwin spoke with Freik Verheigt to get his comment on this study and asked him what he made of the news. What I make of this news is that the continuous discussion is revved up about the safety of drug-eluting stents. You know, drug-eluting stents have been invented to prevent restenosis. Restenosis is a very unpleasant and costly complication of stent implantation, but it is in fact rather innocent. If you give a drug-eluting stent, you have less restenosis, but more thrombosis. And thrombosis of a stent is a malignant and uh, dangerous acute situation. And the problem is that uh, we see in stable patients and unstable patients and also in STEMI patients an increase of mortality. Not only stent thrombosis but mortality. But it has to be stated again and again. This is registry data from the randomized trials. We have much less data and only randomized trials will give us the final answer. We heard about some of the processes which might be going on there. Gabriel was talking about large thrombus burden, about the poor re-endothelialization, but also this thing about undersizing the stent and having a gap so that the stent isn't really working properly if you use a drug-eluting stent. What do you make about all of these factors? Stent deployment is always a guess for the interventionalist. And when you have a bare metal stent that will be grown over by endothelium and it will be completely buried under the vascular wall, whereas with drug-eluting stents, if you undersize, there will never be a good contact anymore between vessel wall and the stent. There will be room between the stent and the vessel wall in a thrombotic area. And that's what Dr. Sterch said. He is very reluctant to put drug-eluting stents in STEMI patients because STEMI patients come with a thrombotic occlusion in the first place. So this is a thromogenic area by nature. Therefore, you should be very cautious to put thrombogenic material in a thrombogenic area. And that's why bare metal stents should be preferred in, in STEMI patients, irrespective of the size of the vessel or the other conditions of a patient, whether they are diabetes or something. So this is uh, disturbing, new disturbing news about drug-eluting stents, but still it is not the true answer. And what we really need is again uh, randomized trials of bare metal stents versus DES stents, and just for safety reasons. The uh, thrombosis risk should be evaluated on the long term. We've got this clear finding from registry study about ST elevation, acute myocardial infarction. Would you say that cautiously now clinicians should stop using drug-eluting stents for this condition? I will never say to doctors, just stop it for all, forever. I think that, that doctors should be more and more reluctant and thoughtful whether they should put a death stent into a patient. And after this presentation by Dr. Sterg, I think this warning is even bigger than it was the day before yesterday. That was Freik Verheigt of the University Medical Centre in Nijmegen speaking to Peter Goodwin here in Vienna. For the Audio Journal of Cardiovascular Medicine, I'm Sarah Maxwell.